This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to Open for Business, the show that dives into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. This morning on the show, Kamarul Mohammed, founder and group CEO of Malaysia drone service provider Aerodyne Group. Founded in 2014, Aerodyne was just a three-person startup. Ten years later, it's a global business that was ranked, that is ranked the world's number one drone service provider for the last three consecutive years. The company now operates in more than 45 countries with over a thousand employees operating in various sectors such as oil and gas, security and surveillance and agriculture. Aerodyne is backed by quite a list of investors including Gobi Ventures, Finder Global, Coop and Petronas Ventures and isn't afraid to splash the cash to buy growth, having made 21 global M&As in the last 10 years. And it's looking to raise more money, around 100 to 200 million US dollars in Series C funding to continue its growth story both organically and inorganically. Beyond this Series C funding round, the next milestone for Aerodyne is their much-anticipated IPO, with Kamarul saying last year that this could happen within the next two to three years with a dual listing potentially on the cards. Today on Open for Business, you will learn what drew Kamarul out of the corporate world and into the drone business and startup life, what the early days of building Aerodyne were like, and how much this company has evolved in the last decade. We'll also talk about the company's strategy and where it is with its Series C funding round, and why M&A continues to be a key strategy for growth. Kamarul, welcome hey. to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation. <laughs> I think we're going to have a fun one. If we are basing this on the absolutely. small chat we had in the pantry, absolutely, this is going to be absolutely. a nice geeky one. Um, Kamarul, you have yeah. your roots in right. audit and chartered accountancy, I believe. Yeah, unfortunately. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and from yeah. there, you went out of the corporate world, uh, yeah. you went into the drone business. Uh, but before that, your first taste of entrepreneurship was when you founded uh, Malaysia.tv and DK, uh, DKM2, a production house. How, how did all this lead to Aerodyne? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I spent 10 years in the UK and the last uh, six years, actually, the last five, five and a half years in audit. I did not regret it. Even though, <laughs> even though it did in me, I'm, I'm a geek. I, mean, I, I, I love tech, but it gives me that financial sense, mm. I think, which is very, very important. You know, so that there was no regret there. But uh, when I had the chance to go into tech, I straight away jumped into it. So I came back and worked for another tech company first. When, yeah. when did the opportunity present itself to get into tech? Yeah, when I, when I came back, uh, I joined a, uh, an American uh, tech company uh, operating in Malaysia, then the world's second largest software company. So I was, um, after three years there, I was the country manager. So uh, and it gives me a very exciting exposure. Then I, it was like an epiphany for me. Okay, this is what I wanted to do. It, it, it's really jive with me, you know, solving real world problem. Mm. At that time, the problem was in banking mostly. So it, it jives with uh, my, my accounting background as well. Ah, yeah. But right. at the same time, there's another thing that is very close to my mind as well, and that is aviation. Because I, I do fly planes and I do fly uh, flight simulator. I just love flying and I fly hobby uh, drones. And I mean, this is even in the early days. So. So by 2013, and I was doing my master's at that time as well, I thought, hey, I think it's about time for me to dive in and do something new. And Aerodyne was born then. <laughs> um, Aerodyne looks to have been, from what I understand, looks mm. to be born out of a division from mm. DKM2. The aerial, uh, the UAV division is basically the, where Aerodyne started. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. um, what 
uh, how this led to Aerodyne. Right. So yeah, the Cam2 was the, 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 the company and it grew very nicely. But one thing that I realised after running it for five, six years is that I couldn't scale. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's a media thing, right? It's a production house, correct? Yes, yeah, production I have to do it myself and, and the margin is good. We're talking about 90% kind of a margin. I mean, this is amazing <laughs> margin and I had a lot of fun. I get to travel more than 125 countries wow. yeah, during that time, right? And it's interesting. We went to Russia, to Africa, doing that kind of production. But then I realized that I need to move uh, away from doing bucket business. Mm. You know, you want water, you, you get bucket, you get water and you, you have to keep doing it. Mm. I wanted to go into pipeline type of business. You, okay. you build a pipeline, you open your tap, you get your water. <laughs> so that, that's actually the thinking uh, behind setting up Aerodyne. So a little bit of innovative thinking that it's, it's, yeah. it's an innovative base, right? It's like, okay, this is the existing way of doing this. Can we make it easier or better? Um, Aerodyne first specialized in drone aerial imagery coming out of the UAV division mm-hmm. of DKM2 before moving into drone tech, data tech and digital transformation. I think the mm-hmm. term that's used for that is DT3. DT3 yeah. What was the initial problem that you were trying to solve right. uh, with mm-hmm. Aerodyne when the formal mm-hmm. shift to Aerodyne right. happened? Yeah, so the year was 2014, late 13, and then we were looking at how, how can we get out of this media. So I was doing a lot of research on the internet and I saw some companies uh, in the UK, in the US, were already starting to do this uh, drone-based uh, industrial uh, inspection. Then I realized, then I started to, you know, dig deeper into what they were doing. And I thought to myself, hey, I can do better than this. <laughs> so so, so that, that was the, the, the point where we said, okay, let's, let's do this. So we carve out that division and call it uh, Aerodyne. So three, three people started on that division. And the first thing that we did was, let's look at the power line in Malaysia. Mm. Then I started to talk to a friend that is actually there as well. And traditionally, they would be using helicopters or people were walking the line. And I got to know that some people died even wow. you know, globally because it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing. You mm. climb towers and all that. So I started to pitch this idea. Why don't we use drones? Why don't we use data analytics to do um, predictions and all that so that we can uh, do the things better, digital transformation? It took us six months before they even let us near. <laughs> then uh, another six months or so for us to validate our solution and validate with it. Uh, uh, within that one year also, we, we managed to prove that our solutions is 400% faster, 30% mm. cheaper, and the rest is history. So from one division, then we started to do different uh, industrial application and so on and so forth. Yeah. And just to highlight the use case here, mm-hmm. initially what we're talking about is using drones to go and check the cables, check the power, power lines, lines, yeah, power lines uh, yeah. to ensure that mm-hmm. you know it's doing what it should be doing, yes, there's correct. no damage, yeah, sure, yeah. the maintenance and all right, of that, right. where mm. people used to be doing that first, very Manually, manual, yeah, very yeah. potentially hazardous right. work. Right. And that is spilled over into other industries. Other industries and as we'll as talk well. about that yeah, yeah, a sure. little later. Mm. Um, from that initial problem, Carmel, mm. uh, that's no yeah. longer mm. uh, Aerodyne's main business. It's much bigger than that. Talk yes, to us right. about that right. evolution over the last 10 years. Right, sure. So, so uh, while we were doing that, we were look exploring uh, uh, enterprise application. We started off doing the low-hanging fruits, mm. uh, which is re- doing the geospatial work, which okay. is doing mapping and all that, which is typically what the drone company would do, right? And we were doing quite a bit of that too, right? Uh, however, that is not the high part of the value chain. Okay. So immediately from doing project monitoring and doing all these things, we started to think, hey, we should be doing more. So even for this industrial application, we started to focus on the data analytics side. So from that, since one and a half years ago, one year ago, we started to think, right, so our industrial application has sort of matured and it's still growing mm. very nicely. So we thought, how can we go higher on, on the value chain? 
And the thing that we realize is that to get bigger, we need to be solving national problem. Okay. All right. So just now we were talking industrial problem. Yeah. Now we are trying to solve national problem. What national problem are we talking about? We are talking about food security. It's a big one. So to help solve uh, food security issue, we started uh, AgriMore about two and a half years ago. Agriculture solutions, um, so that so that we can reduce the reliance on foreign labor, so that we can increase our yield. Basically, for us to produce enough food <laughs> for mm. the population, for the country. Which is basically. a very key yeah. um, priority right now, right. especially given yeah. all the supply chain uh, disruptions we've seen over the last few world. years, yeah. uh, the climate disruptions we're seeing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just this morning, mm-hmm. uh, morning run was talking to uh, about plantations, and we're seeing our mm-hmm. yields for plantations mm-hmm. in Malaysia come mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. So definitely an area that's going to be much watched uh, yeah. after. Um, aside from food security, is there yeah. what else is on the nation level? Right. Okay. So we talk about food security. We also are looking at logistics. Okay. You know, in many parts of Malaysia, in some parts of Malaysia, mothers die giving birth mm. because of late delivery of blood. Because wow. to send blood um, when giving birth, it will take sometimes hours and mother will pass away. I mean, it's mm. a very startling st- mm. statistics. So we are looking at solving that problem using our drones. And now we are expanding it to other countries as well. So logistics is one. Uh, the other one that we are looking at also is education. So to me, uh, education for two things. Number one, because I need talents to come mm. into Aeronite. So we want to make sure that fresh talents coming out of university are ready to serve, ready to create value. So I'm also an adjunct professor at four different universities. <laughs> really about, about making sure that we have these talents, talents that can come in and, you know, day one they join the company, they can actually perform. That, that, that's my personal agenda. <laughs> so, another yeah. time, Kamal, we need to talk about how you manage your time and get your secrets uh, to doing all these different things. I'm a 4 a.m. club. I was going to ask whether you're a time turner, but okay, 4 a.m. it is. Um, <clears throat> Kamal, we've got to go into a few messages. When we sure. come back, we'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about the journey ahead. Mm-hmm. Folks, I've been speaking with Kamal Mohammed. He's the founder and group CEO of Malaysian drone service provider, Aerodyne Group. I'm Richard Kinnison. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Be free, Malaysians. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kandesan and this morning I'm speaking with Kamarul Mohammad, founder and group CEO of Malaysia Drone Service Provider, Aerodyne Group. Uh, Kamarul, earlier we were talking a little bit about how your production house indirectly mm-hmm. <laughs> led to Aerodyne Group. Uh, mm-hmm. The UAV division became the early days of Aerodyne Group. And today, mm-hmm. that production house is a subset of Subs- Aerodyne Group. It's still around, right. still doing, uh, it's still kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last 10 years, you've moved up, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just um, aerial and visuals. Mm-hmm. And you started with geospatial mapping. Right. You went into industrial usages, mm-hmm. helping uh, industries mm-hmm. manage uh, their maintenance, among other things. Run so the operations. Run operations, right? You were talking earlier about mm-hmm. uh, checking, uh, helping power companies check the mm-hmm. power cables, right. uh, which was used to be a hazardous manual yeah. job. Mm. And now you're doing nation level things. So you're right. looking at food security, mm. you're looking at security, you're looking at education. education. Um, let's go back to the early days again. I wanna, mm. I wanna kind of get into your head and find out what the journey was like from idea to MVP mm. to product mm. market fit and commercialization, mm. right? right? Something right. that we're taking for granted today, given mm. that it's 10 mm. years and you're raising your mm. Series C mm. of like uh, almost 100, like, almost, 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 right? <laughs> you're looking at 100, 200 million. It's easy to get lost. Mm. 
what was the what were the early days like when you were what did the first version of Aerodyne look like and uh, when did you know we have something right right well the early days is is more like a garage it's, it's more like a, it's more like a lab I, I still have photos that I always share as well you know and, and it's really about thinking and rethinking and rethinking uh, where is our space where is our place really right? and and experimentation we tried a lot of things as well we even tried building drones in the early days and we said no no this is not the way to do it we should be focusing on data and it's also about building team mm. uh, for me it, to start it off is even for me I have to learn this you know, I, I have some experience, but I need to learn about this industry. So I spend hours and hours, days, weeks reading, engaging, talking about people. Then we uh, would then uh, get people around us to have the same thing. We started hiring people as well. So we train all these people. So the early days people are today my CEO of some subsidiary, uh, COO of uh, operation assistant country. Most of them are still around. I think over 90% are still around, my founding team members as well. You know? So the early days, experimentation, we started with grid just now, then we started with project management, uh, about learning, about, about relearning a few things, developing technology, uh, a lot of engagement with customers as well. I started testing new ideas. By 2017, we decided to go beyond Malaysia. So we went to Australia first, and we were so amazed that within three months, we closed a mega deal. At that time, mm -hmm. it was mega deal. We closed a five, Aussie, five million Aussie dollar in three months after <laughs> landing in, uh, in Australia. So we got, wow, you know, we, we should look beyond Australia. Then we went to Middle East, and that was our direct entry. Uh, then some lesson learned as well. Direct entry does not always work. Then we started to go through the M&A approach as well. And that has been uh, an approach that's worked very, very well for us as well. So, when did you, um, 2017 was that, that, that point where the, the pace kicked up, yes, right? Correct. We started mm -hmm. going to uh, com acquiring companies or acquiring stakes in companies. Mm -hmm. uh, but at what point did you, did you and your team realize, um, okay, we have something here? Because if mm -hmm. we look back mm -hmm. to Malaysia.tv, for example, mm -hmm. that was uh, and noted on your LinkedIn itself, was too <laughs> early. Yeah, yeah. When did you realize that we have something that yeah. works here and mm. has potential right, and we've right, got right. a long road ahead of us? Mm. Oh, Roshan, it's interesting that you mentioned about Malaysia.tv. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the lesson learned from that entrepreneurial journey is that everything has to be at the right place, right time. Mm. So when we started uh, Aerodyne itself, I thought it was a good time, good timing because the industry just started. So we can be one of the pioneering players. There were two or three companies that has just started. So we, we are one of the pioneering members in this industry as well. And it's a lot of experimentation. Where do we need to go? There were like papers that talk about agriculture is big, industrial application is big. Some of them turns out to be true, some of them not. So mm. we always learn and evolve as we go along, right? So yeah, so we started to develop one solution and second solution and third solution and so on and so forth. Yeah. What were the key lessons learned mm -hmm. in the early days about <clears throat> about building this, right? Because mm. the startup life mm. uh, is not the mm. easiest no, and uh, you're building something that's sometimes not going to work. Right. Um, over the last 10 years, give us a few key lessons you've learned about sure. and the challenges that you've had to face. Right. In the past nine years now, nine and a half years, mm. we have gone through nine challenges mm. that could have been the end of us. Wow. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's, it's really, really tough. So lesson learned out of this is that greed, determination and consistency. Mm. 
You solve the problem, you move on to the next level. You solve another problem, you move on to the next level. So much so that we started to give you more, give you more. Because mm. if you have problem, it means that you're ready to move to the next level. And then some of this includes like our readiness to develop the technology, the readiness of the team. And it includes, of course, COVID-19 was mine. Yeah, yeah. You know, at that stage, we had 50 people with nothing to do. So we have to rethink, we have to innovate as well. So we go into new vertical as well at that time. Uh, technology issue is one. We couldn't find enough local talent, so we started to get talent from outside as well. So it's always about problem solving. You know, it's always about, at the same time, being an accountant, I'm, I'm still an accountant as well, <laughs> running a very tight ship. I'm, I'm, I know so, because I know some of the companies we see, we, we do a lot of due diligence, we do, we do look at the market as well. We are running a very, very tight ship. Our cost is much lower than our competitor. There's no wastage allowed <laughs> in Aerodyne. <laughs> What are some yeah. of the, the, you said nine key challenges that yeah, could yeah. have been the end of Aerodyne. Yeah, sure. Give us that one or two. Okay. Um, early days was really how to keep customers happy. Okay. How to make sure that we develop the right technology for them as well. Mm. How do we make sure that we deliver this fast enough as well. That was one of the key issues. Then another big problem, I'm just highlighting the big one. The other one is culture. Okay. As, the, as the company started to grow, how do you make sure that everyone is aligned? Mm. In fact, I coined a phrase that people are still talking about it today. I call it 1V99A. Vision, even though it's important, it's only 1%. Mm. 99% of it is alignment. So we, all, we have a very structured approach about putting in what we call it the aerodyne way. <laughs> everyone is called aerodyne. <laughs> so we talk about the management by purpose to make sure that everyone have a clear North Star. So we, we spend a lot of, of that leadership, organizational uh, uh, structure and so on and so forth. Um, obviously, we'll talk a little later about mm -hmm. the 21 M&As and how right. you've integrated, because culture can be a big yeah. uh, concern there. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, though, uh, nine just over nine years in the mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, where is Aerodyne in terms of revenue? Revenue has been very encouraging. We've been um, on average doubling every year. Wow. You know, um, um, last year we made $65 million. Uh, we USD. Are, USD. So we are looking about 130 uh, this, this year. And it's already encouraging. Uh, month one, we already closed a significant portion already. So yeah, <laughs> so it's an exciting time. <laughs> um, how much of that revenue is, yeah. uh, you know, between the Malaysian market and foreign markets? Uh, it's a good mix. It varies year by year. Uh, in the worst, worst in the Malaysian context, in the worst year, it's like 90% out of Malaysia. Wow. Uh, I think I think this year we're going to be seeing a lot more coming from Malaysia as well. Uh, because and we are working on the national problem yes. <laughs> kind of thing as well. So it, with that, uh, mm -hmm. as you're looking to, I think it was $140 million dollars this year, yeah, yeah. What, uh, where do you see demand coming from the right. market mm -hmm. and for what services? Right. Number one is the food security. We okay. have a product called Agriculture. Uh, it has proven, I'm very excited about the technology on now our Agrimo, mm. uh, where we are now viewing agriculture as a deep tech industry. <laughs> Traditionally, it's a very you know, low-key, low-tech kind of industry. Yeah. Today, we have technology that allows us to even peer deep into the health of everything with single trees. Wow. We know uh, the health condition, we know what is deficient of. So in other words, we would be able to ensure production. We would be ensuring that we get the yield that we wanted as well. And we are not delivering this to just uh, our customers around the country or around the world. We are also now having our own greenhouses as well because we wanted to create jobs. We wanted to be able to touch people's life as well. So we've been developing greenhouses system, which we then uh, even provide the funding. We even provide the place for people to actually operate, creating revenue for people as well. <laughs> so once again, you've gone from geospatial mm -hmm. mapping, mm -hmm. uh, industrial, to, to industrial usage, yeah, yeah. and now you're solving nationwide, uh, nation level national problems. problems yeah. um, 
today, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of this seems to be service-based. Are you mm-hmm. in the drone manufacturing business as well? Well, well, it's not really service-based as well. I mean, solutions-based, I would Solutions-based. Yeah, solutions-based. Because we, for us, solutions, that's why we call ourselves a DT3 company. Mm-hmm. Drone tech, data tech, and digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have drone and data, it does not lead to transformation. Mm-hmm. What, what does transformation mean? Faster, better, cheaper, safer. If it doesn't meet these four criteria, Oftentimes, we walk away until the technology is ready or until the customer is even ready. Because digital transformation, sometimes it's not, re- most of the time, it's not really about technology. It's about people as well. How people would embrace this change. So we, we are also very picky about this because at the end of the day, bottom line for us is very, very important. Yeah. Customers must be ready as well. So it's about doing things faster, better, cheaper and safer. Um, revenue, earlier you said, uh, mm-hmm. last year, 65 million USD mm-hmm. uh, in 2023, mm-hmm. about 140 million expected in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you in terms of the profitability of this business? The first, uh, from the beginning, right until 2019, we were already profitable. Mm. A very, very, health, a very healthy uh, bottom line, <laughs> you know, 10%, uh, 10% uh, PAT, uh, 60% GP. Wow. Yeah, one. Then, then we, tra- <laughs> then we, we trade uh, profit for growth. Ah. Also, because this is the point where we started to uh, invest in deep tech. So there's, there's a lot more cost mm. as well. Uh, so this year, we are back to profitability already. We are already EBITDA positive for this year, and we will be EBITDA positive for this year with a comfortable 8 to 10% PAT as well this year. Yeah. You were a big part, I think uh, a big push has been mm-hmm. on AI, right? You're talking, yeah, sure. you're talking mm-hmm. about uh, yourself as a solutions provider, essentially, right, sure. utilizing mm-hmm. drone tech and mm-hmm. the DT3 stuff. Mm-hmm. Where does AI fit in all this? Right. So, so when we want to do uh, disruption, it's really about doing things faster and cheaper, right? Yeah. And you can't do that uh, using human, right? I mean, mm. we are slow and <laughs> cost as well, right? So, so uh, what we have done, we invested a lot over the past couple of years developing these inferences, developing all these 3D models and all that. Mm. So, for example, if you were to take uh, a telco inspection, um, in the past, it would take three to five days to complete a single inspection. Mm. Right, which means that drone would fly or, men, or guys would climb to a tower and then uh, do the inspection and then come up with a report and all that. Today, our drone would fly for maybe 25 minutes. We pump up the data into the cloud and the cloud uh, operating on our software and with our AI system, we can complete this in 15 minutes. Kind of thing. So it's processing the visual imagery that's coming processing in. Processing the visual imagery, creating visibility and understanding of the tower, looking at where are the problems, writing the report automatically without having an engineer doing it. How does that compare to, you know, to, to the listener who's mm-hmm. uh, tuning in? Mm-hmm. Um, we're very familiar. The use case that in our hands today is ChatGPT, uh, right? right, GPT, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our ability to ask it anything yeah, is processing sure, sure. all this bunch of information mm-hmm. to give us a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that compare? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar. Because right now, the intelligence that we have developed into our uh, system will be able to make sense of all this raw data. And even more, it's exciting that you mentioned about generative AI, ChatGPT, mm. and all that. We're also working on it right now. As, as we, <laughs> as we uh, you know, first phase one is really building this engine, building this intelligence system. But we want to go deeper. What the team is working hard right now also to put in this generative AI, where if in the past and even currently, people would actually dial in or, or log in into their system and started looking and extracting information mm. that they wanted. Imagine ChatGPT, you can talk to them and say, hey, how has it been the last six months? Where, where, where are the problems at? Boom, you get your answer. 
Come on, we've got a lot yeah. more to get into, including yeah. uh, the inorganic growth ahead, yeah, uh, your CVC funding round, and IPO plans, of course. Thank Folks, you. I've been speaking with Kamrul Mohammad. He's the founder and group CEO of Malaysian Drone Service Provider, a solutions provider, Aerodyne Group. I'm Rajan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. We're going into the news bulletin right now, but keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Best for money. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I'm speaking with Kamarul Mohammad, founder and group CEO of Malaysia Drone Solutions Provider, Aerodyne Group. Uh, Kamarul, as at April 2022, uh, Aerodyne had raised around 80-90 million uh, dollars, yeah, dollars at that yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, five fundraising rounds which have helped fund 21 M&A deals across the globe. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you and Aerodyne still have an appetite for M&A to drive growth mm -hmm. ahead mm -hmm. with plans uh, as you are now trying to raise is your 100 to 200 million dollar series C funding mm. round. Mm. Why has inorganic growth been such a key part mm. of Aerodyne's mm. strategy? Well, we, we started off doing things organically. Uh, it's important to start that way because that's where you strengthen the core, you mm. know, understand, you know, put things together. But there's no better way than, or rather we were looking for ways how can we accelerate the growth that we did. And we experimented with uh, the initial M&A. Uh, we did the initial one within one year. We did three, four. We did four in the initial one. Three works, one didn't. Ah. So there's a lot of lesson learned uh, over there as well. And we came to the conclusion that this is the way to do it. Because if you look in the past as well, you look at all the big tech companies as well. This is the way to accelerate your growth. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can build everything yourself, but what you wanted to do is that you should build what differentiates. What's already available, you can get. Mm -hmm. Because you can get, and then you can save a lot of time and effort. So that, that's the idea behind this. Yeah. And you started your, you had your phase one where you built mm -hmm. things uh, mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. and then phase two, I think it was 2017 onwards, where you started acquiring? 2017, late 2017 mm -hmm. onwards, yeah. Right. Uh, you mentioned that of mm -hmm. the three acquisitions, one mm -hmm. uh, was a mistake. Talk yeah, to us well, about well, the lessons learned from that one. The, the lesson over there is that uh, compatibility and culture mm. uh, is a very, very key thing. Uh, we understood already at that time that, that the, the fit uh, is important. We did spend some time, but we realize now that it's not enough. Mm. So, for example, uh, at that time, we make, we had like three or four meetings. Today, for every m and we would spend a week at least. I would fly. That's why it gave me the chance to travel quite a bit because I like traveling anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I spent uh, last year, for example, I spent some time in Brazil. I spent some time in Rome. I spent some time in Dubai as well. There was some, some of the m and that happened in recent time. Uh, and, and it's nothing about knowing our partner very closely, very mm. deeply, very intimately. Knowing them, knowing their wives or girlfriend, knowing their family, so we go and eat together. Mm. They would invite us to the house. Then you can send, oh, this is a partner that you can actually work together. Because you go through hard times and you go through big times. Mm. So what happens when you go through the hard times? You want to find someone who is very, that share the same value. That's to us is very, very important. So now we found a formula uh, on how we can suss that out. How, how do you gauge whether we have that, that comfortable level of uh, compatibility. For the other founders who are listening and yeah. building their companies as they yeah. want to scale, uh, M&A may be something they're looking at as well. Sure. Um, what are some of the red flags that you've noticed? You know, Because mm -hmm. you've, 21 M&A deals is mm -hmm. nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Uh, you've also seen deals that you didn't invest in. Mm -hmm. What are the 
lessons that other mm-hmm. founders and entrepreneurs okay. can learn from right. you? I would not. Uh, I've talked about. I talk about compatibility yes, culture. Compatibility. Number two is integrity. Mm. You want to have a good sense on the character, on the core of the person that you work mm. with. You do not want. You you need to have a partner that ha- have high level of honesty and integrity. Because that's the only way you can survive. How do you how do you assess that? Right, it's yeah. such a you have to really spend time with yeah, people. Yeah, you, you have to spend time. Sometimes you can even test people. I mean, not that we <laughs> do that, right? You you can see things. You you can see how friendly you are as well. Because mm. when you work together, you need to like your partner. Mm. Like you get married to someone, you mm. get married to someone that you like. Right? Yeah. So if you cannot work with your partner, it won't work. So likewise, that's why we try to spend more time. Mm. We spend more time doing due diligence now as we used to uh, to do. We also now put a lot more protections in our investment as well. Okay. Uh, in, in the beginning, we were very gung-ho, but even then it wasn't so bad too. When we exited our first investment, we actually do make money. Mm. We have not lost uh, investment yet when we do all of this M&A. So putting protections in our investment, in our M&A has been a very, very important um, criteria for us. But most importantly is how do we find a win-win value for both of us. Mm. You know, we, of course, need to win and our partners need to win as well. And how do they win? Many of them, being part of the group, have multiplied, you know, multiplied their revenue many times over, 10x, <laughs> even 20x being part of the group. So the synergy between us and the partners will be very, very important. So it's important to have this clarity. What, are you, what were you looking for mm-hmm. in uh, these uh, M&A deals, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Was it primarily market access technology mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, or was there anything else you were looking at? It's a combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a combination of all those. Those um, Initially, it was really about us entering a new market okay. um, because we tried entering directly in some market before and it didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats having lo- strong local contents. People who know the market, people that speak the language, you know, mm-hmm. local and local, that they, they can do better as well. So that that is uh, um, very, very important. We were looking for that, number one. The other important thing for us is that as we become uh, more and more a technology company, mm-hmm. it's also about finding synergy in terms of expertise and uh, subject matter expertise and also technology that some of these partners already have already developed. Mm-hmm. So we have partners that have focused on road, highway and bridges, something that we did not dwell into in the past. So post M&A, we can start offering the same solutions globally. So, so that, that, that's another, that's another an, very, very key concern. A natural scalability natural to the scalability. solutions they're providing yes, or they have mm. to what you're doing. That's right, that's um, right. you, you seem to, with 21 M&A deals, uh, it's almost like uh, you have your own fund that you're managing and going out <laughs> yeah, and investing and meeting yeah, founders. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you manage, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, culture is so important. Mm-hmm. Integration is a, uh, uh, with, uh, with companies that you're invested in is, mm-hmm. can be such an uh, important part, right? Either makes or it's breaks key. the deal for you and the value. Absolutely. How do you manage that? Absolutely. We have two separate divisions that manage this. Wow. <laughs> you know, we have one, one uh, uh, division that look after the portfolio, we call it, you mm-hmm. know, that do all the, uh, you know, the, 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 the structural stuff, right? Then I have another division, which is the business development division that mm. actually work with the partners as well. Mm. So at operational level, I have these two divisions that manage uh, the partners and I and the CEOs of all the subsidiaries are at another different level. So so, to, so we have like three different uh, mode or line of communication or line of integration with all the uh, companies as well. Um, you're looking at more inorganic growth ahead as you raise your Series C. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about mm-hmm. what you're looking for mm-hmm. from future deals? Right. So right now we ha- we still do have some uh, vacuum, or if you were, if I were to look at the world map, we still do have areas where uh, it's a huge potential, but we are not there yet. For example, Africa. 
Uh, Africa is a growing continent. It's yeah. a big, big continent. Uh, we even had the um, uh, finance minister and minister of economy of one African country came and visited us. He said, hey, Aerodyne, can you help us develop this industry? Mm. Can you help us move from one, focusing only in one industry in one, my country? Can you help us go into agriculture, for example? So that's some, some of the exciting things that's happening right now. So we are looking for that. Uh, although this, this uh, approach of doing M&As will not be forever, uh, we are already at the tail end of this already because we already have our positions around the world. We are also already moving to a different mode of GTM. Uh, a lot of our software, oh. now we are sassifying the software, we, we will be delivering SaaS software, so we will be using different approach for that. We are also looking at Uberizing this in the future as well. Interesting. Uh, in the sense that uh, flying drones, anybody can fly. Yeah. The real value, the real IP is in the software. So what if our competitors can become our ally, our partner. So you can provide, if you can provide a platform, so by Uber flying, yeah. you provide a platform other people can plug yeah. into. Yeah. So you have a little bit of an on-demand uh, ability to Absolutely. utilize other Lower our costs, mm -hmm. we create uh, uh, opportunity for others and it create a far bigger market for us as well. This is already happening right now. Um, so you're looking at uh, foreign expansion, continuing mm. Africa oh, so looks that, to be a continuing. big part. Mm. Um, market access, and mm. then once you mm. enter into the African continent, I think you would have had you have mm. full global exposure by that. But you got North America, South America, right. uh, Asia, mm. obviously, mm. Uh, Europe as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, technology looks to be a key area for you. Yeah. AI, you're tapping sure. into that. Deep mm. tech. Um, is there anything else aside? what we already talked about that you're looking to, that will drive growth ahead? Right, it's, it's really uh, tech. Mm. We are becoming more and more tech company, so mm -hmm. we really want to push the limit. Uh, deep tech is very, very important. Uh, so we've been um, hiring, we've been looking for partners to actually um, uh, have that key differentiator for us as well. Oh, well uh, could you elaborate a little further on what you mean by deep tech? Because it's right. such a sure. Um, sure. vague term in Right, way. okay. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, our business is uh, DT3, 360 DT3. And the third DT is digital transformation. So the answer to this is that how do we use technology to provide predictions? How do we use to technology to optimize uh, our own operations, our customers' operations, our partners' operations, and all that? So this involves rethinking our processes. This involves building new technology to optimize the process, to, to deliver solutions faster, and all that. And this is not something that you can get in the market because nobody has done this before. Mm. So it's, it's require uh, a reset. Mm. It requires us to think differently on how we execute our projects as well. It's also the underlying uh, yeah. structure or the platforms that uh, can be utilized by the different clients Absolutely. that you service as well. And, and the synergy, and the synergy of it happening quickly uh, to do that. Mm. Because right now, all done, all is done manually. You know, you have a consultant in one country's uh, operations done in a different countries. What if we digitize the whole process? That's the way to go. As I understand it, you're, mm. you're in the middle of, or you're raising your Series C funding mm. round. You're mm. aiming for mm. 100 to 200 million dollars, mm. uh, both for organic and inorganic expansion. Uh, what's the status of the Series C right. funding round? Well, it's it's ongoing. Mm. Um, uh, it's interesting. I think we'll be closing our round uh, soon. Hopefully, hopefully, keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, but it, it is a tough market. I mean, people mm. are, uh, uh, it's very, very difficult. I mean, fun is no longer cheap. It's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the market is jittery. People don't know when it's recession is all about, which is fine. I mean, for us, we are hunkering down. Uh, we, are, we are generating our cash mm. flow. We are profitable as mm. well, you know. But this, this is required for us to consolidate where we are, uh, to make ourselves IPO ready for mm. us to go to beyond one billion that we talked about yeah. earlier. And uh, that's, that's what we're looking at. We, we are being very careful. Uh, we even um, have, 
we talk about digital transformation to our customers. Mm. We also have executed digital transformation inside our own operations as mm. well. Everything is now digital. I have a dashboard that enables me to see the, the operation, the efficiency of our operations globally as well. So we already have that in place. So, so it's really about um, you know seeing how the market evolves. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you have to feel the temperature of investors Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, has the AI component, mm. because AI generative AI is such a sexy mm. term right yeah, now yeah, in yeah. investment land, mm. um, has that been able to assuade some of you know the jitters mm. in the oh, investment? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we have proven one already. I mean, something that used to take days now is timing hours mm. and we are doing more. We are ramping up that part as well. Uh, it does. It does. But at the same time, my job as the CEO of the company uh, and even the largest shareholder of the company is to make sure that I preserve shareholders' value. Yes. So whatever we do, we must make sure that we do it at the best you know, value for the shareholders. So now it's right. a matter of valuation, yeah. not a valuation Correct. that works Correct. for yeah. the existing shareholders as well. Mm. Because uh, I understand that uh, once Aerodyne does close its Series C mm-hmm. round, mm-hmm. it expects to hit unicorn status, correct? Under normal circumstances, under normal circumstances, under circumstances. it would have been. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about your IPO plans in correct, a few sure. minutes, Kamarul. Mm-hmm. Folks, I've been speaking with Kamarul Mohammad. He's the founder and group CEO of Malaysian drone service, drone solutions provider, Aerodyne Group. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Broking financial mergers. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I've been speaking with Kamarul Mohammad, founder and group CEO of Malaysia Drone Solutions Provider, Aerodyne Group. Um, Kamarul, we've spent a uh, bulk of the last 50 minutes talking about the early days, the inception, how your production house, yeah. the UAV division <laughs> of the production house is what is uh, mm-hmm. the inception point for what Aerodyne is today. You're currently raising, uh, mm-hmm. looking, uh, trying to raise a Series C mm-hmm. funding round mm-hmm. to continue your growth, looking mm-hmm. between 100 to 200 million Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking point, obviously, in this uh, in this current climate, will be the valuation. Right. Um, you've got a lot of investors of your, on your cap table, sure. just to name a few: Petronas mm-hmm. Ventures, Founder Global, mm-hmm. investors from Japan in the mm-hmm. form of uh, VC firm Real Tech Fund. You've got equipment supplier, industrial equipment supplier Kobashi Kobashi Holdings, as well as drone and robotics tech firm ACSL, mm-hmm. who are also strategic partners mm-hmm. as well. Uh, give us and, a and drone fund. Drone fund and is, drone fund drone fund is well. uh, one of yeah. our earlier investors as well. <laughs> so a lot of investors on the cap table. Talk mm-hmm. to us about the mm-hmm. non-monetary value of the mm-hmm. key ones that have played a role in your journey. Mm-hmm. I think almost all, if, if not all of the investors has mm-hmm. contributed significantly for mm-hmm. us and we are very, very happy with that. Uh, a lot, some of these investors also have uh, uh, their own operations where of we course. can actually impact them too. Yeah. Uh, some of these investors also open up opportunities for us in different, different countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these investors uh, goes even beyond the, the, what will be expected goes beyond the normalcy. Take, for example, Drone Fund, mm. uh, where uh, they are actually the largest fund in the world that invests only in drone companies. Right? And, and their fund goes into hundreds of millions. And we would meet. In fact, I've just gotten an invitation this morning as well to be in Japan in June. Again, we would huddle up in Japan twice every year. It's really about sharing ideas, sharing thoughts about where the industries are going among all the industry players. Mm. I think they've invested maybe on 40, 50 drone companies around the world. And, and it's, it's always an eye-opener, sitting down with like-minded person, <laughs> talking about the challenges and uh, the economy and how we are resolving it, you know, and the latest trend and so on and so forth. J- Exciting J- time. Japan seems to be an interesting 
player in the sense that um, you've invested, uh, you've gotten partners, quite a few partners from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think the Tokyo Stock Exchange is in um, <laughs> one of the things you've mentioned in the past, right? In terms <laughs> yeah. of the IPO trajectory, right. uh, NYSE, Tokyo Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. NASDAQ were mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're looking at dual listing, uh, mm-hmm. looking to invest in uh, list in Malaysia as well. Um, Give us a sense for, I guess, why these particular exchanges outside of Bursa came to mind. Obviously, NYC and NASDAQ, Mm -hmm. liquidity is a big part of that. Liquidity and also um, our own exposure as well. Because Mm -hmm. for us, we really want to be a global company. We we want to be known as a global tech company. So we need to be at the global market too. But of course, being Malaysian, proudly Malaysian, uh, Bursa is also very important for us. And um, so, of course, uh, NASDAQ and uh, TSC has been uh, uh, in the radar. Uh, I've met the CEO of TSC in Japan a few times on his invitation. He also came to our office two weeks ago. Wow. It's amazing. Our, our partners, uh, our investors from Japan, that has never happened, Kamaru-san. <laughs> <laughs> the guy never visit any companies about to IPO. You know, this is strange. And even more stranger... He came with the IPO gong and handed us to us. Just he this. brought it here. He brought it here and we, do, we did a virtual hitting of the gong. So any signals there? <laughs> yeah. Any preferences in terms of where yeah, you're going to I mean, for, for us at the end of the day, that no decision has been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do think that um, a Japanese market is also quite exciting. Malaysian market as well. I mean, mm. Malaysian bros has been performing very well, better than our... Uh, partner, uh, our friend down south as well. I mean, <laughs> Malaysian, Malaysian is doing very well. So I think I think it's also important if you were to lease uh, IPO either in, Na- in Nasdaq or in in Tokyo that we should also lease in Malaysia as mm. well. Yeah, yeah have, give us a piece of that uh, yeah. action as mm. well. Mm. Um, IPO timeline, I think last year when you spoke to TechNote Global, mm-hmm. uh, you were looking at the next two to three years, which indicates somewhere between 25 and 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or earlier. Or, or earlier. earlier. Is or that earlier. timeline still yeah, in it, it could be. it could be next year. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's all about the right time, right place. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it could be next year or it could be the following year. What yeah. market signals are you watching? Because AI is very mm-hmm. sexy right now. Mm-hmm. You have an AI component. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's really how you're mm-hmm. marketing Aerodyne. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, what mar- market well, signals? The AI, AI is ready. We, we have one, but it's not at the level that we wanted yet. I mean, there's mm. a lot more work that we need to do as well. So, again, timing is very important. Uh, and yes, where 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 the market is ready for for it as well. So we are cognizant of that fact. Uh, we, that's why we are ramping up our focus on the data component, the AI mm. and data side. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what uh, I guess are you watching the market, right? Because yeah. all a lot of pre-IPO mm. tech companies mm. are watching to see whether there's an <laughs> appetite. Yeah. Um, a lot of players who went in uh, IPOed in 2021, yeah, yeah, yeah. valuations are down. I yeah, mean, the prices are down 70 percent from the, uh, their listings. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure that's. I something also that want you're... to start delivering traction as well. Okay. We have developed all of this technology. Uh-huh. Some of them has, has, you know, we already have customers for it. But I want to get a little bit more traction to happen as well. Mm. Uh, as in yeah. traction in terms of more adoptions by the customers. Uh, uh, greater okay. options, yeah. Yeah. So you want to plug in better to the mm. ecosystem. Mm. Um, in terms of the market dynamics, mm. what in particular are you watching in terms of the uh, equity markets? Yeah. Well, the world, I can't remember what it is, but the world goes into cycle, yeah. right? Uh, today, this year, we're actually at the bottom cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think towards the end of this year, early next year, it will be in the mid cycle. Mm-hmm. Another two years, it will be at the peak cycle kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it depends whether... Uh, the, the mid-cycle is good enough, but I think it might be a good idea. Mm. You go in that time and then our investors that come in and then another two years is the peak cycle, yeah. the whole peak cycle. Is, so I mean, this is the kind of dynamics that we look at when, mm. when is the best time to do this. Yeah, I think the S&P 500, all-time mm. highs right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Nikkei is doing well. Yeah, doing well uh, the Malaysian market is doing well. Yeah. So there seems to be 
a bull run in mm. tech mm. Um, as long as you've got a little AI label yes, next to you right now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, S&P 500 being div- driven by the mm. Magnificent Seven. Mm. Mm. Does this um, give you optimism in terms of the uh, the IPO trajectory? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very bullish about about the trajectory of our tech development. Mm. Um, of course, it had need to take the cost of it uh, time to, mm-hmm. to get ready and get tractions and all that. Uh, that could have, could be a better time, but I'm I'm happy. I'm happy where we are today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and obviously it's something you're paying attention to, given yeah. that you are the biggest uh, shareholder mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Come up with the few minutes that we have left. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what the next stage for Aerodyne looks mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, and whether you are going to be raising any more funds between Series C and IPO mm-hmm. in order to get there. Yeah. Well, Series C would be our final round. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is our our pre-IPO f- uh, fundraise. You see, in terms of we look at our product mix, we have the BAU, the business as usual, who are who is already profitable and mm-hmm. all that. But we all have another strategy as well, which is our mid-term strategy and our long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. The long-term strategy is the logistics. Logistics will not give in the revenue right now, but we need to go in immediately because this industry is going to be worth $1 trillion by 2040. So we are one of the early players and we already are getting traction. We would not be able to be profitable, so it might impact the blended blended result, mm-hmm. but this is the thing to go. And at the same time, we also have the mid-term strategy, which is our agriculture solution. Uh, the first two years was loss-making uh, for agriculture, but this year we'll be back to profit already as well. And we are looking at ramping up our agriculture solutions this year and next year as well. So it's a business as usual growing very nicely, the mid-term strategy and the long-term strategy that will take a slightly more tr- uh, 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 longer uh, trajectory for it to, to mature, but it's very huge opportunity in the, in the future. So you've got a strong base in your current businesses, agriculture in the mid-term, mm. agricultural solutions mm. will drive growth, continue, uh, continue to drive growth. Longer-term logistics solutions has Absolutely. big yeah. potential for you. And this was mm. the example you provided earlier mm. about blood being delivered uh, yeah. to areas that may not have that mm. same level of mm. infrastructure mm. in a timely yeah. It's manner. not just blood, though. I mean, mm. food, medicine. Yeah. So that's yeah, just that an of example, of right? Yeah, if you yeah, can yeah, deliver yeah. blood in a timely manner, yeah, you can yeah, really yeah. deliver that's anything. Right. Right. Uh, Kamal, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, thank you so much for your time and I wish you all the best ahead. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Folks, I've been speaking with Kamarul Mohammad, founder and group CEO of Malaysian drone solutions provider Aerodyne Group. I'm Roshan Kainasin. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBerlay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.